with Catherine Tune. We are talking about the third part, and it should be the last part in this series about how to find life, freedom, and joy in scripture. And this part is part three, detoxing, discrediting, and deflattening scripture. So I'm kind of, it's a little bit of a controversial title, but we're going to have a really good time. Uh, yeah, if we're not having a good time, let's just not do it, right? Okay, so let's dive in because uh, I've been talking about basically five general broad categories of people in their relationship with scripture. And this is kind of a big deal because there have been some problematic things uh, that we have experienced regarding scripture, which was intended to be completely life-giving, a healing balm, something to help you connect with God instead of feeling uh, disconnected, instead of getting a sense of uh, separation, instead of a sense of that we're somehow bad or whatever. It's designed uh, to help us see God as, as uh, he really is, see ourselves as we really are and what all that means. It's a really big deal. But that we've had, we have had some problematic things, if we're honest, uh, with scripture. And so it's really important that we discuss these things because it's caused people to, um, to kind of spin out. And so we want to prevent that, right? So wherever you are, we talked about the people who just love, love it, love it, love it, have never had a problem with it, uh, and they're just pure of heart, and that's awesome. Get down with your bad self. We talked about the people that are maybe in a honeymoon period where everything in the Christian world is just so amazing until it's not, and then they get all disillusioned, right? And 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 then we've talked about, um, you know, there's... Um, there's people, we're going to talk about this more today, uh, that have um, clung on to scripture, a religious group of people uh, that cling on to scripture often vehemently, right? Often in a way that it's infallible, it's inerrant, and it is a flat, literal interpretation. And the problem with that is when we force scripture to say something, to be force it to fit together in a flat, literal way, uh, the only way you can do that is violate scripture itself, or you make God out to be something that he's not, that somehow he starts becomes distant or monstrous or all sorts of things that are not lovely. And that causes people to spin out. And because in your heart of hearts, a lot of times, you know, like, this is not sounding like a God I really want to be with for eternity, right? If God is into murdering babies with a group of people that he doesn't like or whatever that aren't bowing the knee or something, uh, you know, that's a scary God. It's pretty hard to feel relaxed <laughs> with that kind of a God. And so we kind of have to create these uh, dogmatic, um, uh, uh, different interpretations to make it all fit where it doesn't fit. And so, 
Uh, and what happens is we get something uh, called, we call cognitive dissonance, which is saying God is love and he's good, but he's killing babies. And that must be good in some sort of mystical way we don't understand. Well, you know, the inside of you, you know, if you're honest, we're like saying, no, no, no. Houston, we have a problem, but your head's saying this, and then you start to feel like a bad Christian because you're questioning scripture, right? You're questioning. And so you get this thing and you split off from yourself. And when that's going on, it's very hard to believe God. Wow, if he's killing babies over here, I don't know if he's going to heal my body. I don't know if he's going to help save my marriage. I don't know if I can count on him to heal my depression. I don't know. Uh, if I can feel intimate with it and feel that he's safe, right? So th- this is very problematic. And the problem is we end up violating the nature of who God is. And we talked about this last, last time. And I mentioned uh, quite a, a few steps with how to interpret scripture so that we understand and are using scripture in the way it was intended. Scripture was never intended to be something that we beat one another up with, right? You just don't beat people up with your Bible, right? And so, uh, so when we use it as a weapon, uh, that creates fallout. That creates fallout. And we violate the primary commandment that we have, which is the commandment of love. And so how do we rectify all this? How do we, how do we navigate all this without, you know, um, ignoring, right? Ignoring kind of the hard, there are some hard things, right? And I talked about that quite a bit in, uh, in our last, uh, last in part two, when I was talking about how do you interpret scripture so that you're not just kind of ignoring the parts that aren't sexy and pretty or whatever, uh, but you're actually, uh, treating it the way it's supposed to be treated. But when we have a flat literal interpretation, we run into problem problems. And, you know, part of that problem is, is because we have a Western mindset that tends to be literal. Most of the people that I'm talking at all for sure. Uh, but many of the people, uh, that I'll be addressing, we've been brought up in maybe a Western mindset, which is linear, which tends to put things in boxes. We're precept upon precept, right? And we like to put things in boxes. Uh, and there's, there's a low tolerance of mystery. Well, the problem is, is that we're just not going to have it all figured out. Uh, and, and so we, we have to, we can, well, we can't like do a cop out with mystery. Well, I don't get it. So it's mysterious. God moves in mysterious ways. Well, we can't be lazy. Okay. And not do due diligence. And on the other hand, um, there are mysteries, right? God is mysterious in a beautiful way, in a way that causes, listen, if he's puny, you can get them all figured out. I don't know if he's a God worth following. You, we have a huge God who undergirds and upholds all things. And how is he doing that? And wow, I don't know, but I know he does. And it's, it's part of that place of your knower where you know, but you can't exactly delineate it, right? And so there's value. There's value in both approaches to scripture and we need both. But when we do violence and force it in a linear construct, when it was never intended in a linear construct, we do violence, we flatten scripture. And what happens is this becomes incredibly unhealthy and it can become downright toxic. So, you know, that makes it really hard because then we're relating to a false God. We're relating to a God who looks more like Zeus, okay, uh, or Mars, 
than the one who is love, the one who is represented in the face of Jesus Christ, right? And so this represents much of the religious church. And, you know, if that's how it is, that's not a joyful thing. And so what ends up happening, if you're part of that, because we're supposed to be joyful, we put on church face. So we're really having a hard time relating to a joyful God who really is good all the time, who is good in a way that makes sense, where good makes sense. Like to a healthy four-year-old, putting sickness on someone does not make sense. And and when we religiousize it, that is not a joyful thing. So the fruit is not there. So we pretend we have fruit. We have plastic fruit. We have forced fruit, which is no fruit at all. And, and that is miserable. And that tends to make people, um, incredibly, uh, just put them in incredible bondage, right? So, um, so that's the fallout in the church. The fallout with a lot of people after a while, because they felt so abused in that toxic mindset, they start to question everything. And so there's another category uh, where uh, where there's been so much violence with Scripture. There's been such a flat reading of Scripture that basically tend to throw out Scripture altogether. Well, if that's your God, I don't want to have anything to do with him. And you know, right, you know what? If that's our God, I don't want to have anything to do with him either. But this, that's not our God. And so... Uh, so it's really important how we represent that, how we interpret it is so important. So, you know, and, and on the other hand, we can go the other direction. It's kind of a sexy thing now to kind of discredit the Bible, right? Um, and just say, you know what? If, if God did a flood, if he killed babies, commanded babies to be killed, uh, if all of that, and you're seeing maybe some errors or things that are not lining up, like you throw out the whole thing. You throw out the baby with the bathwater instead of embracing the baby and taking care of the bathwater, right? So we need to interpret rightly. And it's all too easy. You know, the religious church is a really easy target. You know, people who are obnoxious and overtly obnoxious um, are really easy targets, you know, and, and so I think we can err in the other direction, right? We can err in the place where, wow, well, there's valid criticism, dang, da, dang, 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 right? Um, it's, it's not okay to totally discredit, mock, and vilify. Okay. And say that there's no validity. Ha ha ha. Scripture is so stupid and you guys are idiots for believing it. Well, there's a lot of issues with scripture, which means it needs to be handled rightly. Right. So people can get lazy and then it gets to be this pop thing where people just jump on board and they just kind of discredit it and it gets to be all too easy. They discredit scripture without really grappling with it. And let me say this. Scripture is complex. You know, I'm amazed at how secure God is because he allowed this to be written and he allowed there to be some really funky stuff that's going on. And he allowed, didn't explain himself all the time. Like, how did that get into scripture, right? <laughs> Have you ever wondered? Um, 
And sometimes uh, what's represented in scripture is how we view things with our fallen mindsets, with our sense of guilt, with our projecting our alienation, our fury, our rage, and tarring the face of a beautiful God. And that's put in scripture. <laughs> so, you know, we have our, we have our issues. So it's, it's really important that we don't go the other way and totally discredit the whole thing. I think honestly, um, for most people, I'm not saying for everyone, because some people really grappled with it and still discredit it. Okay. That's, that's one thing. But I think a lot of people just get lazy. <laughs> and so they just discredit it because they don't want to believe in it because those, Religious people that they assume are, is everybody are so obnoxious. I don't want to be part of that. So you can take your Bible and stick it where the sun don't shine. Okay. But that's not exactly, that's not exactly fair. Right. And so we have to be careful that we are following true north and we don't end up in either ditch. A flat, literal, legalistic, unlovely weaponizing of something that was meant to bring life, the letter of the law kills. And we don't end up in this, uh, this kind of mocking, I'm um, taking something precious and ditching it altogether because there is baby. Now there's definitely toxic bathwater, but there is baby. And I believe we get everything, right? So as humans, we are wired to need a God. We do need a God. We need a God that's not ourselves, right? We need a God that is lovely, that is greater than us. And if we don't have a valid God, we will create one. Whether it's a God of secular humanism, which is what I was brought up with. So where I came from, we all thought all those Christian people were idiots and they had no brains, right? So I was part of that discrediting the Bible, not that we really had good claims to do so, but we were so superior and prideful. We just looked down on everybody. <laughs> okay. That's where it came from. Okay. I started there. So I'm always kind of amused when I see people in that because I've been there, done that. I bought the t-shirt. I've torched the t-shirts, not worth going there because then we had to have some sort of God. And that God, it will be an idol. If it's any, but anyone, any God, but the, the God of Christ. Now, sometimes, let me say this. Sometimes people have been so harmed by Christianity, they can't deal with Jesus. But let me just be clear. Jesus is ministering to them and they have these gorgeous relationship with God. And when things have been healed, then he can reveal himself. But I think sometimes we get so, we want to kind of get the, hook them in. So we got to say Jesus. And sometimes people can't receive that. They're not ready because maybe they've been abused by someone in the church. Maybe they can relate to this God that's inside them, but maybe that it's been so toxic that they can't, you know, I, I was, I was listening to a testimony of a woman who, um, was just had a horrible life and she was on the streets and drug addict and all that kind of thing was brought to church. And then that same time she was raped by one of the people at church. So to her, this is what Christianity was, right? So she could not handle Jesus, but she had for more than a decade, this gorgeous relationship with this person inside her and this person inside her loved her. And she would literally spend hours with this person. 
But he did not reveal himself as Jesus, as the Christ, until over a decade later. Why? Because he had to heal her heart because she was so traumatized by what people did in Jesus' name. You know, people were in the Holocaust were went into the, the gas chambers by people wearing crosses. So we need to be careful. Okay. And not, and, and, you know, the, the sons and daughters of God are led by the spirit of God. So when we're ministering to someone, let's just love people and let God do, uh, what he will as he's representing himself. Right. We get like, I, I think sometimes we think, Oh my God, they're going to spin out. They're going to end up in hell. I got to make them say the words so they don't end up in a place of eternal conscious torment. And I think we just need to represent God and let Holy Spirit lead and guide. Listen, you are not bearing the responsibility for someone's eternal conscious torment. Okay. That's a whole nother discussion, but I just thought I'd throw that in there because that kind of goes along with some of the toxic things that we come up with that turn people off of something that was designed to be full of life, full of life. You know, and there are some things in scripture that, you know, it's like, I haven't got this all figured out, but I do know who Jesus is. But this part, I really, I don't know how that fits. So what do you do with that? Sometimes we have to have humility to let that kind of hang. <laughs> it's like, hmm, I don't know. Don't know how it fits. I'm not going to make it fit. I don't have to make it fit because I know the one who loved me and gave himself up for me. And I trust Holy Spirit in me to lead and guide me into all truth, right? And so I don't have to have, I can handle some mystery without spinning out and thinking like if I have, if I don't have an answer, somehow I'm not saved or something silly, right? Let's talk about another category of people in their relationship with scripture. And those are the ones that are detoxing from religion. They're the ones that have been wounded by religion. They're the ones that maybe have been in the church, maybe have been leaders in the church and have had religion serve for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. It is coming out their gills and they are ill, just ill. And it's very hard to separate, um, separate uh, scripture or maybe some of the practices or going to a church from the religiosity that has been so toxic. It's like you've been force fed and you just can't take anymore. So a lot of those people uh, probably need some time not doing scripture. Do you know, honestly, I mean, I'm big. I love, I love scripture, but there was a time when I had so much, I was just so wounded, wounded by religiosity and, 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 and different things that people would do in Jesus name because God said so. And, and they would even pretend that they, they hated religion, but they act in ways that were really toxic in Jesus name. And it was so damaging that I had to take, just, I had to take a break. I had to take a break. And maybe there'd be one scripture that I could meditate on and it would minister to me. But like doing a Bible reading plan was no, that was going to be like, I don't know. It, it just, I, I would vomit in my shoes, right? Couldn't deal with it. I was talking to, to Paul Young and because his religious background had been so toxic and he had studied scripture. So, I mean, more than you and me. That's just be, he was so, but he had to take a break and it took a quite years 
until God would bring it back and it would be beautiful the way it was always intended. So if people are in a detoxing process and, you know, religion, uh, scripture is toxic, even though what it's saying is not toxic, but that very, just having it be verse and chapter is toxic. You know what? That's okay. That's okay. I actually, I actually, <laughs> I actually posted something that was actually a scripture. It was like a God is love type scripture. So it wasn't like, you know, you heathen, the wrath of God is coming to get you. So repent now. No, it was, it was, um, it, it, it was a God is love scripture, but they were so triggered. Like it had this whole big discussion. She came with scripture. <laughs> I was like, oh crap. I'm sorry. I didn't. Okay. That was a trigger. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to trigger you, but you know, we have to realize too that we need to own our triggers. Like the world, um, it's important to be sensitive to one another, but even with our triggers, we also need to realize there are triggers. So I can't expect the entire world to, um, walk on eggshells around my triggers. I expect being sensitive. Yes. Walking on eggshells. That's, that's no, that's not your birthright is for the world to make it, you know, whatever. So we need to do in our ultra hyper sensitive culture, we need to own our crap. And so if it's my trigger, guess what? Mm, it's my trigger. And I do need to own that. But with that, uh, we do need to be sensitive. And so maybe it's just not a time for someone who's detoxing and they, they've had scripture up to the gills and it's made them sick. Okay. It, they may not be, ha- be able to handle, you know, first John 4, 8 and 16, God is love. Uh, they may like, resonate with the concept, but the moment you stick a chapter and verse, it may really trigger them. So we can be sensitive. We can talk to people in a way that makes sense. And if that's you, don't feel condemned, right? Don't feel condemned. If you need to take a break, oh my goodness, take a break. You know, listen, if, if you're not free not to, you're not free to. And if you're not free to, you're not to, free not to. It is freedom. And so I just want to make sure that wherever you are in your relationship, you know, I, I, it's, it's a beautiful, when God gives a gift to humanity, we want to be able to glean from that gift. But if you're not able to glean from that gift right now, it is okay. But I, I would venture a guess that eventually God, who is the logos, the word, he is the word. There's a reason he's the word, um, will probably want to restore the word as a gem and a gift to you, but it may take some time. It may take some time and that's okay. On the other hand, uh, don't apologize for loving the word of God if it's still got life to you. Let's be sensitive. Listen, we're called to love one another. And when loving you looks like, oh my gosh, I think you're going to vomit if I give you chapter and verse. I can just say, you know what? God is so lovely. He's wild about you. And that, that's palatable. You're like, oh, thank you. But if I, if I go first John, John four, eight and 16 and you, your eyes start to like, you know, spin out. Well, maybe that's not so loving. Okay. So let's do, and let's, let's also realize that we're all in our own process and we're all kind of detoxing in our own ways. So. You know, the bottom line, God is so lovely. He just wants you to have good things. And so when that looks like scripture rightly handled, 
Oh my God, take the ball, run and feast, baby. And when that looks like a scripture fast, but you're resonating with him and maybe you're exploring some things and whatever, but you're communing with him. Well, you commune, baby, and you do your thing. Listen, it's, it's, it's about freedom. It's about growth. And I really believe that God is all about restoring lost things. I hate to see beautiful works of art. You know, when it was interesting, when, when, when Catholicism, uh, there was a Protestant movement and Catholicism was just kind of being attacked for good reason, by the way. There was unbelievable abuses, but then there was abusiveness in the attack. And so they tear down all this beautiful artwork and, and rape nuns and, and pull down icons. And it was like, we went from ugly, one version of ugly to another version of ugly. And my thing is, I just want us to be the church that looks like Jesus, that looks like love, because that's what we're called to do. And so we just need to be aware of the ditches and and allow ourselves to move wherever we need to move and allow other people to move wherever they need to move. You know, the other thing is sometimes we need to really let God be God in people's lives. So if they're on a journey, uh, all of, and, and, you know, um, and, and we're freaking out because maybe they're getting into things that don't look so great. Well, it's not like you never say anything, but we don't have to be the, you know, Jesus cops. Okay. As a matter of fact, we're not called to be the Jesus cops. So, you know, uh, and sometimes we think that just because we have a truth that people can receive that truth. And there's sometimes you really do have a truth but people can't receive it. So a lot of times for me, let me tell you how I do this just to help you. When I have some advice for people, okay, um, even if there's like a correction, you know, I will literally ask them, you know, can I help you? Because I see your struggle. So can I help you? And if they're like, I don't think so. I don't, I can't really receive anything right now. I'm like, okay, that's exactly why I asked. Absolutely. So I'm not going to pester you. But if, if you ask permission and you give it in love, people can receive a lot of things. Why? Because you care and you're not violating, uh, you're not violating, uh, their process, who they are. Uh, you're not operating out of fear. You're operating out of love and people can receive that way. So let's be lovely. Let's be, uh, operate in freedom. Let's not let, let fear be a driver and let's all grow up together. You know, for being conformed into the image of God, guess who's doing that? Holy Spirit is doing that. And sometimes he'll use his word, uh, the word of God. Okay. Like scripture, the Bible. And sometimes, wow, he's got a lot of other things he will use that are amazing and we can trust him. I love you guys. Uh, Have an amazing day. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Perspectives with Catherine Toon. For additional information and resources, please visit catherinetoon.com.